Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hey, 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 Inspire Church. It's so good to be with you on this podcast. My name is Christopher Steitzen. I'm the pastor of the Movement Church here in Oakland. And um, I so appreciate being able to spend this time with you. I love your pastor, Pastor Philip. He's been an encouragement and blessing to me for the few times I've interacted with him. And I'm so encouraged to just to see and hear what God is doing through you uh, as you spend time fleshing out what a rule of life looks like. Uh, I love it because we are working in that kind of same vein with our staff and leadership and pastors, and it's what God is doing in us as well. And and frankly, to be honest, God is doing it in a lot of places, and I'm talking to different pastors around the world, and so it's something that God's just doing in His church for people to to learn how to follow the way of Jesus. So I'm so excited, and I get to spend some time with you this, uh, this morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, talking about the topic of vocation, the topic of vocation. And so just with the time that we have, I want to I want to just give you kind of a, a roadmap for where I want to go, uh, just a couple points and things I want to share. One, I want to just touch really briefly on a dangerous perspective that I want you to be aware of that I've had before and learning to shift a dangerous perspective. Number two, I want to share just my story and how uh, God has brought me through a journey of, of thinking through work and vocation uh, and what God has done in that in the last couple of years and then number three, end with just some encouraging, practical things from the scriptures on how to enter into your vocation, no matter what you are doing, um, with intentionality and uh, with a posture of wanting to be a person that builds the kingdom there, that brings the presence of Jesus. And so let's jump off with just a dangerous perspective. I was thinking about this as I think through the topic of vocation, it's an interesting topic because it's, it seems like it's one of those areas that feels like it's the least spiritual. <laughs> like, and, and don't worry, Pastor Phil didn't just give this to me. I, I chose it. He encouraged me. <laughs> but it's like the least spiritual, right? Like, like fasting and prayer and Bible reading. That's the stuff. But vocation? Like my job? <laughs> you might be saying like, yo, Chris, I don't, I don't even like my job. <laughs> um, I... I don't know if, if you're like many of the people I talk to, most people I, I rap with, they, uh, they just see their job as a place to clock in and clock out. Like They don't hate it, but it's not their favorite thing they do in the week. They just do it to provide for their family, and, and maybe that's where you're at, the job that you have. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a barista or a college student working at a, uh, a business, a tech job, whatever you're doing, you might be seeing it as just, man, I just, this is just the thing I have to do. And so how can it be a place where I practice the way of Jesus and am formed to look more like him? And I think that dangerous perspective, this is where it comes in, that part of the struggle and danger of thinking like this, like, like this is less spiritual, uh, has to do with our, our ability to carp, uh, compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. We, we separate what we think is spiritual and what we think is normal. Like we, if you had a, a chart in front of you, I know you'd be able to put a list of things down and says, this is sacred. My time of prayer, fasting, meditation, communion, worship. But then like you have another side of the list that's like, this is secular. This is like work, 
traffic. Come on, somebody. Uh, TV. Like, there's just things that are like cooking. They're secular. And I just want to encourage you with the eyes, the see through the eyes of faith that, that because God is the creator of everything, come on, the creator of everything, he owns everything. He owns every domain. So everything is spiritual. And because you have his spirit in you, every place you enter becomes a place, I think, where the kingdom of God can show up because the Bible is so clear. You are the body of Jesus. Like literally, you got to understand that you are the extension of the presence of Jesus in this world. Wow. And so let's just work to, to see everything as an opportunity for the kingdom to be planted there, seeds to be planted, a place for God to show up. I think it's so helpful because vocation can so easily be overlooked and looked down upon. And so everything is spiritual. Now, I just want to take a few moments to just to unpack my story. I think it's really um, unique to, to this topic uh, just some things the Lord has done in the last couple of years that hopefully would be a blessing to you as um, you hear God's hand in my life and will draw out some principles and, and truths for that. But about seven years ago, uh, me and my wife, I'm married, about 10 years married, and I have an eight-year-old daughter and about to be six-year-old son, love them so much. And uh, me, my wife, and my daughter at the time my, husband, my uh, son wasn't born, about seven years ago, moved out to Oakland from East Bay Martinez to plant a church uh, with a few folks, uh, I started working at Trader Joe's night shift and uh, planted the church, planting a church in my apartment with some other roommates. And uh, we were inviting our neighbors over and sharing the gospel with them. And I was working at Trader Joe's to provide, but also to get to know people in Oakland. And at that time, we had just so happened to start roasting coffee. <laughs> I wasn't a coffee connoisseur. I don't know about you, but I, I was the McDonald's $1 cup, five cream, five sugar. Don't judge me. Um, but that's who I was. And so, but somehow we started roasting coffee, uh, because we're thinking, man, what a fun way to give gifts for people than our family. And also to be able to maybe reach Oakland a little bit better because Oakland is known to be a coffee hub. And so we started doing that one pound at a time, not thinking it would do anything. Um, just a fun little hobby. And uh, we started doing art galleries around Oakland with it, just the opportunity to be able to serve coffee around there. At the time that I was still planting the church, we were trying to get it started and reach people and raise funds. And it was a, a really hard year grinding things out internally. It's just uh, super difficult because we were trying to do multiple things. But the church plant didn't end up starting like it was supposed to and getting off the ground. But the coffee business, we called it Slow Joy, started taking off. God started opening doors and what started as just a one pound at a time went online and started selling and doing events and um, getting to know people and then end up getting a small counter space in a grocery store back up in a kind of Montclair area in Oakland. And uh, the Kickstarter raised 8,000, got in. And then six months later, we got kicked out for sharing Jesus. Uh, wasn't hostile, wasn't doing anything crazy, just sharing that Jesus loves you to people. And we would write notes on every cup. And uh, the, the owner just got super hostile with us and threatened us and cussed at us for weeks on end and kicked us out. And so we had to, at that time, the church plant ended, our roommates had left, and uh, that was our source of income, and our rent was doubling. It was, it was just crazy. Someone say crazy. <laughs> and uh, so we were, we were in it. Uh, but a couple months later, maybe six, eight months later, just being faithful, waiting on the Lord, hopefully something was going to come, got another invite to a shop in downtown Oakland. 
And um, it was a dream. We didn't have the money. We were in debt at the time, didn't have any money. But the Lord graciously provided almost twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in resources. One was a no-interest loan from a friend. And we're able to get started. It took us a year and a half, two years, just faithfully grinding out, uh, trying to get this thing open, downtown Oakland, Webster Street, a little coffee window. And so we opened it, and uh, I got to work there every day. And um, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, customers coming up. It was a busy street, and it was starting to get busier with more retail and more housing and going up. And so I was there. And again, like I said, we wrote notes on on every single cup and then trying to be intentional with with sharing Jesus. That was the whole point of of starting Slow Joy, the coffee company we did was to was to spread joy. And uh, people didn't know what that joy came from, but we knew it came from the Lord. And so we wanted to spread that and not just be another hipster coffee shop that made money. And so we started building relationships with folks and relationships with the people in the building. We were part of a co-working space. And the Lord just had favor on, on us and our business. And uh, we made enough to be able to eat and, and pay for other people to work. But more importantly than that, I built such good, rich relationships with people that worked there and that came by. And uh, we didn't just talk about coffee. We talked about their life and their soul. And uh, people started coming just for the notes. We had people in tears coming because they had a bad day and they would come for a note of encouragement. And um, it was it was just mind-blowing for me and my wife to see what God was doing for our little thing. We didn't know what we were doing. I don't know I don't know how I learned how to roast coffee, uh, but it ended up working out. The Lord covered us where the gaps were. And um, our goal was simple. We, you know, we just wanted to make people feel loved and seen and cared for. And we thought, man, this is our nine to five. We're going we're gonna to steward it. God has given us so much. We want to steward it. And so we were there for a few years and ended up handing it off to Colin and Carolyn. We love them. They're part of your church, Motivate Coffee, and so excited to see them pursuing Jesus in their coffee business and same goal we had to, to be a light. And so that, that was a few years of grinding that out. And uh, the Lord just revealed to us um, what it looked like in those the span of a few years um, to, to use your vocation or nine to five. I mean, I worked 40, 50, 60 plus probably hours a week sometime grinding out, you know, no pun intended, grinding out, roasting coffee and making it and fixing all the machines and doing the janitor and doing the bookkeeping. It was just a it was a small family business, and um, but we learned that that using your vocation, stewarding it well, leaning in, and having intentionality uh, can can produce some amazing fruit. And I gotta be honest, uh, I don't know one actual person that that came to Jesus um, in front of my eyes from Slow Joy. I don't know that, um, and I don't know if I feel bad about that because I feel like this last journey of slow joy and the vocation that we had there uh, was a time of being uh, the presence of Jesus to them, of planting seeds, of being a light, which we're going to talk about. And so there was this things that that was happening underneath that I can't see, uh, but I saw fruit. I saw fruit in people's relationship, their openness. And we have to believe that as we live this Christian life, um, we are not just looking for the fruit, we are also planting seeds, and that matters as much as the fruit. Uh, in fact, we just our job is just, to, like Jesus said in the kingdom of God, just planting seeds, going to sleep, taking a nap, and waking up, and there's fruit, there's something there, because God causes the growth. And so uh, we did that, and God blessed us with it. 
And uh, I just want to take out some principles and some some places of, of encouragement from that to you to, to, to leave you with as you, as you think through that. That's a unique story, of course, having your own business and being able to do what you do. Um, and I, I can call the shots. I know for you, you might think, well, yeah, it's great, Chris, but I can't I can't just do that. I'm not allowed to share Jesus or I'm not allowed to make my own um, mission statement on the business and be able to change things up. And so you're probably asking, so what do I do in my nine to five where there's so much restriction? What do I do in my nine to five where I don't have a voice like that? I'm just a worker. I'm not a manager. I'm not even an owner. I'm nothing. I just work and clock in, clock out. How do I make a difference? That's part of the rule of life, right? It's, there's this, this rhythm that we live, this cadence of walking and living out the way of Jesus in all areas of our life. And there are disciplines and rhythms that we put in place to be able to look more like Jesus and to, to be like Jesus and to live on his mission. And so how do you do that? I want to give you just three practical encouragements, three practical encouragements. Um, number one, your difference can be the difference. Your difference can be the difference. I think about it often, and I thought about it a lot when I was running Slow Joy. Uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 5, I think 13 to 15, he said that you are the, this is right after the Beatitudes, mind you, really good context to look at. He says, you are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth. And, and that's, and that's a, a statement that might get lost on our ears nowadays, but the thing that you can take from it as you study that, just the simple implication that salt is effective because it is different than what is going on. Whether it is going on something like meat to flavor or to preserve it, it has to be different than the object that is going on for it to make an impact. And light even more is effective because it's not like the darkness that it enters into. And I just think about where you are, just like what God did with me, where you are in your nine to five or you're staying at home or whatever you're doing for your, your work, um, that your advantage, your advantage is that you get to live differently because of Jesus. And your life that looks different because of Jesus ends up being a, an apologetic to those people. I, I don't think it has to be that every day you find someone and you knock them, you knock down their door and say, hey, I'm going to share the gospel with you. That, that's great. But one of the ways that we, that we maximize and steward our vocations is that we realize our identity in them. And I just think in this kind of divisive, divisive season we're in the last couple of years, man, there's no better, there's no greater apologetic to this world than the fruits of the Spirit. Come on, like love, joy, peace, patience is is rare nowadays (laughs) on social media and in person. And so if you can, if you can be able to walk and love Jesus and walk with him enough to be able to have the Spirit produce his fruit through you to be a loving person. That's going to make a difference. If you can walk by the Spirit enough to, to have the Spirit produce through you peace and self-control and gentleness. Come on, gentleness will make you look like an alien. <laughs> gentleness. And I just think about the stories in the coffee shop that we had of people um, and, and their perspectives. I had people tell me, man, I see Christianity different now. I see God different now. I see Jesus different now because of because of you, Chris. And one of the, the reasons, I think, is because... Um, Part of my life was, part of my intention was to be a gentle, loving person because I knew they weren't getting that at other places. And so they knew they can come here and be a safe place that I can receive and love and gentleness and people are looking for that. 
And if you start to live like Jesus and look like Jesus, yeah, you're going to look strange to the world, but that strangeness will start to intrigue and interest people. I don't want you to believe the lie that you have to fit in or believe the fear that you have to hide your light. Jesus said he'll take care of what you have to say. He'll take care of those people who are going to punk you and, and try to put pressure on you because you're, you're being vocal about Jesus. Don't worry about what the results are going to be. Just worry about obeying the Lord. That's who you are. You don't act light and salt. You are salt and light. You are intrinsically different than the world around you. Even though you have the same clothes on, the same, you have the same music maybe, the same car, but inside the spirit of the living God lives in you and that makes you different, especially when you walk according to the way of Jesus. So your difference, lean into that because that can be a difference in your vocation. You can make a difference there by, by looking different and living differently. Number two, um, be intentional or you will drift. Be intentional or you will drift. I think about what Jesus says. I think he says it at the end when he's praying with his disciples and they can't even stay up. Come on, somebody. I love the Bible. It's so real. The disciples fell asleep while praying on Jesus last night. So don't feel bad if you fall asleep praying. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's so helpful to understand. That means that that your spirit, your spirit really wants to follow the Lord. I feel like you probably, you feel like I do. Deep down inside, there's this eagerness to follow in the things of Jesus, but then like there's something else tugging at you, right? There's something else saying like, nah, just just call it in, just phone it in. No, don't don't you don't have to. Just live for yourself. Just just be casual. Don't don't rock the boat. Like the flesh might not even be pulling you into this flagrant and and um super observable sin it might just be dumbing you down and numbing you to a place where you can just be quiet and not look like Jesus where you just coast and you're not intentional the flesh is weak the spirit is willing and I was thinking if you don't actively walk by the spirit you'll naturally follow the flesh and you'll just you'll go to work and you'll say hey I'm just here just to clock in clock out I'm just here for me I'm just here to do my job and and hear me Faithfulness in your job is a testimony. You are stewarding it well by working unto the Lord. That matters. But you're not just there to work to get a paycheck. Um, you don't, you don't want to just go in and quietly exist and, and never engage in the people around you. I think about when Jesus says, go and make disciples. That, that statement in Matthew 28 is a statement of intention and pursuit. You have, to, you have to say, I'm going to get up and go somewhere, is what Jesus was saying. Disciples aren't made naturally. They're made through intention, by intentional conversations, intentional interactions. And so you have the opportunity to be intentional as you enter every single day. But that, that is as hard. Like in the morning, you're going to have to say, like I, I did so often, and I didn't do this so well always, but getting up in the morning, I'd read my Bible before I opened the coffee shop, and I had to like tell myself, like I'm here not just for me. I'm here for Jesus. I'm here for the customers. I don't know if you work in customer service. It is not fun. Uh, people just don't have the best attitudes. And so it can get really easy just to feel like I'm, I'm there just to get through my day. And you might feel like that, whatever you're doing. Like you're just there to get through your day so you can rest and have Netflix and chill and drink some wine and, and listen to a podcast at home and be with your family. And that's great. You want to rest and enjoy life, but you're there um, to be intentional. I love what John Piper says. He says, uh, seek to do your work in such a way that Jesus looks more important than your work. 
I just carried that true to uh, close to my heart to be true in these last couple of years working at Slow Joy that I wanted people to know that we cared about Jesus and people more than coffee. And so much so we put that on our branding often and stand on our cup. Like we, we put money and coffee and flavor and crossed it out and put like Jesus or love and like let people know we're about this and Jesus is a priority, the gospel, God's priority, love, you are a priority over making money. And so just to know that you have a priority when you enter into your work, to be intentional, to say, Jesus, I'm here to do your work, to here to be your light, your salt. Because uh, if you don't have that prayerful intentionality, you will drift into a place of just normalcy. And that's fine for the world standards, but we're not of the world. So number one, your difference, your difference can be the difference. Number two, be intentional or you will drift. And then lastly, I just want you to, to to have this perspective every day, as much as you can bring your mind to believe it and to remember it, that your place is on purpose. Your place is on purpose. Acts 17, 26 says, and he made from one man, this is Paul talking, and Marzillion, he's talking to uh, a whole bunch of people who don't believe in Jesus, and he says, and God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. He says God has created everyone and gave them a place to be intentionally and a time to exist so that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. I love that scripture so much. The implication is really simple. It's that God has placed you there in your workplace in the year of 2022, come on, for a reason. You're not there on accident so that you can seek God, but also so that you can help others seek Him. Like that's that's how God's sovereignty works. He's, I don't know if you know, but He's in charge of everything. <laughs> like you, you got choice and free will and you could talk to Pastor Philip on how that all works out. I don't understand it either. But God is no doubt in charge. He is sovereign. He's orchestrating the chess pieces. He's doing, he's accomplishing his purposes. And he has placed every single person in the, in the time period and a place to be able to seek him best. I trust that. And so whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a construction worker or a barista or CEO, whatever, you got to believe, have the perspective by faith that God has ordained you for you to be there at that time. And wherever it is, that God is over your life leading as you walk by the Spirit to be uh, there on purpose. That That is not an accident that you're there. And that helps you to live intentionally when you believe that. Like, I, I, I really believe, man, I saw God's hand open doors. And that's one of the things, if you live by faith and, and you surrender to the will of God and say, God, I want you to be uh, glorified. I don't want my plans. I don't want to hold on to my plans with closed fists but open hands. Let me tell you, fam, God will take you on an adventure there's so many hardships in the last six years, but also so many surprising blessings and grace because God came through because we said we're not going to fight and push down doors. I mean, just crazy stuff happening. I don't have the time to go into open doors and money and opportunities and interactions and relationships and favor. Why? Because I believe God, he had a purpose on our life. He's a purpose on your life. He wants to uh, enable you and empower you to build his kingdom. That's a, a desire of his. And so your place is on purpose. Think through how the place that you're at, the time that you're in, is, is sovereignly orchestrated by God for a reason. So he wants you there to be fruitful. Lean into your differences. You are salt and light. Don't drift. 
be intentional by praying continually and thinking through how to engage and see your workplace as God's plan in place for you. And I, I just want to leave you with this thought. Hope those are helpful. They kind of overlap a little bit, but um, I just think, man, there's there's a there's a power behind living by faith, practicing the way of Jesus, um, saying, God, I want your will, not mine, and then he's going to take you on an adventure, and you just get to follow Jesus and be intentional there. Uh, but I want to leave you with this. This is on my heart a lot these last um, couple of weeks. Jesus says in Matthew 9, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Say that again, Matthew 9. The harvest is plentiful. I think it's verse 37, 38. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know what that means? It's so encouraging. And maybe not encouraging if you think about the other side of it. But he says, the problem in front of you, disciples, Christians right now, Inspire Church, it's not that there isn't a ripe harvest. It's not that hearts aren't ripe. God is like, no, the harvest is plentiful. The problem is that hands aren't ready to go to work. And I'm so convicted by that, that I'm not battling an uphill battle to try to get people like, no, God is working already. It's his harvest, he says. Come on, it's his harvest, not yours. He's working. He cares about it more than you do. So in the world around you, he is working on hearts already, drawing them. The Father draws people to Jesus and he's doing that. And so all we have to do is see with eyes of faith, say, I'm sent. I want to live sent. I, I, Jesus says, pray for what? Not pray for the harvest. He says, pray for more people to go out, more laborers, more disciples, more Christians to go into their workplaces and into their homes and into their churches and into grocery stores and into nurseries and into coffee shops and be a sent person on mission with the Spirit of God in them. You don't have to hit people with your Bible. You don't have to share the four points of Calvinism and hand them a track. You can be a living gospel message through the fruits of the Spirit, through your words of gentleness, through the truth of Jesus' testimony in your life. And we will see a beautiful harvest, I believe it. Let me pray for you, church. Father, I thank you so much for this time. I pray that that whatever was said, God, there would be something of fruit, um, something of, of meaning and depth that would be used by you to, to bless and empower people. We don't want just good information, God. We have so much of that. We want your presence, your power. We want your word, your truth. So cut away anything that wasn't helpful, Lord, and, and empower people, encourage people. Just let this be a little spark in their step as they go to work today and tomorrow to be intentional, to know that they are different, God, to know that they have the Spirit of God in them so that makes them a witness for the kingdom and they can bring the kingdom culture to wherever they're at because you've placed them there on purpose. God, I pray that we would see a beautiful harvest this next season. In Inspire Church and all around the Bay Area, more people will come to know the love and power of Jesus through your people. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, Inspire Church. Thank you for the opportunity to speak into your day. Man, may God bless you um, and empower you. You have a purpose. Go live it out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's Word.